Hey everybody, what's up? We're the parents under the stairs and we're here with another episode. This time we're going to be talking about grief in horror movies, which is a topic that you came up with. I did, I did. So if you know me, you know um, in the last year, a little over a year, I lost my two oldest brothers within eight months of one another. So I've been kind of up and down, grieving a lot, I guess. Um... So that's kind of why we've been on a hiatus. I needed some time to be useless, but, um, you know, we're back. And I thought it would be a good episode to talk about some horror movies that deal with grief and put you in your feels, because that's where I've been. I've been all up in my feels. Yep. So these are going to be the, the heart-wrenching movies that you might not want to watch if you... Uh you want to be in a in a happy mood afterwards yeah if you need a good cry you know i don't know i guess i'm a person that when i'm sad i watch the most horrible i'm i'm the total opposite (laughs) like i'll straight up watch the ghostbusters cartoon or gi joe or something like that well yeah that's why i was watching the (laughs) nutty professor this morning because i'm like okay i'm gonna be in a weird headspace later yeah so yeah let's get started do you want to go first or me um, I'll go first. Uh, my first movie is 1408. It's uh, It was released in 2007, mm-hmm. directed by Mikhail Hofstrom. It stars John Cusack and that motherfucker guy. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> the one Samuel that says motherfucker a million motherfucking times. <laughs> yeah. So it's about this dad who's grieving the loss of his child and him and his wife are, you know, on the outs and he is a... He's a ghost hunter kind of person. Mm-hmm. And a full-blown alcoholic, right? Um, or maybe not, but he's, I, don't know. I feel like he was drinking a lot. And like, I think... I don't know. I can't I remember know. that angle. Sorry. No, he's just a grieving dad, more or less. Okay. Um, yeah, so he finds out about this hotel, and he's like, holy fuck, everyone that stayed here has died. And, you know, everyone is trying to talk him out of going, going to it and whatever. But... Mm-hmm. Um, it has some really tough scenes. Like once he's there and he's he pretty much can't leave. The hotel room won't let him leave once he like gets in. And mm-hmm. there's some really hard scenes to watch. Um, you know, because you know his daughter appears to him, and the way he does the acting and the character is so good. But it's so fucking sad because he's like apologizing to her and mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job at, at getting all that emotional stuff across um, just with, like, one or two people in the whole, basically the whole movie. Yeah, um, for sure. It was cool. And, you know, him and his wife, I think that portrays that really well, too. The They're on the outs now, and, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously want to be together, but I don't know. She's sick of his shit. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, they had different ways of, you know, medical care for their daughter so that kind of oh yeah 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 they both kind of were blaming each other for her death like in a way i guess yeah yeah so that's kind of what's good story too and good great acting and it's it's one of those things where it just puts you in your feels but scares the shit out of you at the same time so my next one is a very complicated story um but it's it's definitely worth sitting through it's kind of a slow burn but it equal hey baby he likes singing himself um it's kind of a a complicated story it's about a deaf guy who works at a factory and his sister gets really sick so he needs to get her a kidney so he goes he's super poor so he goes to the black market and 
gives them an organ in order to get a kidney that'll fit her, but he wakes up in a warehouse without a kidney and no money and basically gets scammed. So now he needs to figure out a way to get a, a kidney, and but, which he can't pay for, and get his sister. Um, and so she comes up with the idea that they kidnap their boss's daughter. So they kidnap her, and shortly after they kidnap her, and this is might get in a little bit spoiler territory, but this happens, I would say, a third into the movie. Um, the boss's daughter, who's very young, under 10 or something, uh, they're not looking, and she you see her floating down the river. like She, she basically walked into the river and, and died on accident. So because of neglect, she's dead. And now the dude's ex-boss... Uh, who he was supposed trying to do ransom on is now coming for him to get revenge for his his dead daughter, and you're like, at first you're rooting for Ryu, which is the the deaf guy, um, or wait, is he mute? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know he's deaf. Uh, and uh, but then you're actually rating, uh, kind of rooting for the rich boss guy who's an asshole for firing him because his daughter's dead and like all the nonsense that happens and shit leading up to it um it's it's just great there's a lot of story to it and it's really gory really vicious movie just like a lot of of these like korean vengeance movies are like it's just full of nastiness it's really dark so i would check out sympathy for mr vengeance from 2002 directed by chan wook park who also did old boy and sympathy for lady vengeance and whole bunch of other cool shit my next pick is hereditary by ari aster released in 2018 this is like one of the most difficult movies to watch in every aspect it's a horror movie it's a drama it's a cult movie it's everything all in one um i think tony collette though does the most amazing job you know portraying a grieving daughter and then a grieving mother which I don't think is giving away a lot because everything happens within like the first 45 minutes and it's intense. But there's a scene where she's just like screaming, crying on the floor and that is just so hard to watch. It's crazy because that movie, it does get pretty tense towards the end, but I would say most of the tension in the movie is in the first half of the movie. Yeah, it's like, I think losing anyone you love is like a horror in itself, you know? And then that's kind of the first half, like, kind of where do we go from here? But then the second half is just like this mindfuck of a movie. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And then the last, like, 20 minutes are horrifying. Also, the horrors of of accidentally uh, being responsible for the death of someone in your own family, which is, like, something that... I think a lot of us know somebody that's like knows somebody or feels responsible for the death of a family member and it can like fuck up your whole world like so bad. Like yeah. a lot of people don't come back from that. So Yeah, and Alex Wolf, the brother, he did a phenomenal job of the you know, the way he was in shock, the way he was just like not even the same person he was at the beginning of the movie. He did such a good job acting. He did. I'm kind of waiting for him to um to be in a movie where he plays a slightly different character because I feel like everything I've seen him in since Hereditary, he's been like the same overly emotional and angry, like 
young guy. But, like an old? Yeah. 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 He was really good in that too, though. <laughs> yeah, but he was so overacting in that. Oh, yeah. It was so funny. But What else is he Yeah, doing? old. It, we watched old from M. Night Shyamalan. It's, it's hilarious. So. Yeah. I don't think it deserved the hate it got, but that's just me. I do, but... <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. So my next movie isn't something that I would recommend people watching normally um, because it is very slow. Uh, it's hardly even a horror movie. It's much more of a drama. But it's called Maggie, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of my favorite actors. <laughs> and uh, somebody you love, Abigail Breslin. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't love her. I know of her. I was just looking at her filmography. I'm like, whoa, you have some of her movies. So, um, I think. But anyway, uh, it was crazy because Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's a really low budget movie, but he played the main role for zero money. No money. He just fell in love with the script and wanted to do it. And it's the lowest budget movie he's ever appeared in since the original Terminator. So for me, that was almost what makes the movie worth it. Seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to play a dramatic role. just He's just a dad who has to pick his daughter up from the hospital and he gets there finds out she's been bitten by a zombie and she's slowly going to change into a zombie so he decides he wants to spend the last days of her life at home at their farmhouse instead of in the hospital so he brings her back home uh she's got a boyfriend who she's trying to escape the house to go see and like there's there's a few things that happen um not a whole lot of blood or anything but I think for the emotional quality of this film, it's definitely worth watching. Directed by Henry Hobson in 2015, he's I think he was more of a commercial director. He's done a lot of shorts and stuff, but not really any other movies. Hmm. Yeah. My next pick is Pet Cemetery, 1989, directed by Mary Lambert. Very mainstream, definitely a must-see Stephen King adaptation if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Fuck uh, that remake. Oh, yeah, that was... They, they did too much. And they changed the whole story, but pretty much this family's grieving the loss of their toddler. Oh, and it's fucked up. Like, you don't see it, like, you don't see gore or anything, but it's heavily implied that it, would, it fucked him up. Um, yeah, I mean, the truck hitting, hitting the child. I mean, the child is literally, like, a year older than this baby here. and like, Yeah, and he's just, like, trying to chase a kite, and it's the saddest thing in the, the world. semi just... And, and then, then the dad trying to run and get to mm-hmm. him. It's it's the emotions of the father after losing the child. Stop pulling my headphones! Um, yeah, we have a baby, guys. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, some of these grief things definitely, I think, are a lot stronger once you have a kid because you have a different outlook on on losing your kids i guess but i mean some people pr- probably can relate but um yeah pet cemetery is great and i really really like the sequel i actually like it better than the original it's got edward furlong and um i forgot his name uh clancy brown and uh it's got a lot of fun stuff in it and it does have a, some grief in it especially when he fucking loses his little kitten it's really hard no yeah, but I think like the funeral scene in Pet Cemetery where there's so much anger and stuff, mm-hmm. pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah, because you know, fuck, everyone's gonna grieve differently. It's weird. Great movie. My next movie uh, borders on like a revenge horror plot, but it never really is considered horror, and that's going to be 1974 Death Wish, directed by Michael Winner. 
Uh, it stars Charles Bronson. As m- many people know, he's very famous for this role. of He plays Paul Kiersey, who's a very liberal architect who's not very pro-gun, um, I don't know, whatever amendment shit. He's more just uh, saying, you know, there's a lot of criminals in town, but it's as a result of our poverty. Um, but eventually... Uh, his apartment is broken into while he's not home, where his wife is murdered and his daughter is brutally raped to the point where she's just stuck in the hospital. And Paul Kiersey comes back from a business trip and he's got a brand new gun that one of his friends in Arizona gave him. And I was like saying, you need this for protection. New York's getting really bad. And he's like, hell no. But he takes it home anyway. And then as soon as he gets home, finds out this happened, he's like, Okay, I got this gun. I'm taking vengeance into my own hands. And then he goes on to shoot a lot of people. And the series goes on for, I think, five movies. Uh, and the death count just gets higher and higher and higher. I would say by by Death Wish 4, Paul Kiersey's probably killed a thousand people. So <laughs> you definitely have to use a little bit of suspension of disbelief when it comes to him mowing down groups of, of uh, bad guys. But this very first movie is a little bit more grounded into like a gritty, uh, crime-ridden New York um, kind of... It's almost like Taxi Driver, but if he... If he had an actual reason Not to go on a rampage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like a liberal guy playing the taxi driver's part. Anyway, that's not a very good comparison. But yeah, Death Wish. <laughs> it came from that 70s uh, gritty um, New York feel, though. Uh, if, if you remember that from Taxi Driver. So that... uh, what, the town? No, not the town. What's that one? Scorsese. Mean Streets. Oh, uh, Mean Streets. Like yeah, definitely. Stuff like that. That shows uh, 70s and 80s in New York was this really crime infested. Uh, there's a lot of problems there. So. My next movie is The Crow. Released in 1994. Directed by Alex Proyas. Mm-hmm. Um, another great movie about grief and grittiness and action and everything you know it takes place during halloween and the night before devil's night mm-hmm. um yeah great revenge grief movie that movie was like the biggest deal when i was in middle school too because of the music and, and the look <laughs> the cat almost <laughs> attacked the baby <laughs> um, oh god um yeah, it's, it's amazing. I think a lot of people have seen it. I want to watch all the sequels soon, though. We should do, like, a Crow episode where we just watch all the sequels and, like, go through them. Because I know they're bad, but I actually like the sequel, uh, City of Angels, a little bit. And I don't mind Salvation that much. It's the one with Edward Furlong, speaking of Edward Furlong from Pet Cemetery 2 and Terminator and shit. He is not that great as the crow, unfortunately, and he looks weird, so... Yeah, not a great match. And it's just, like, a lot of fun trivia on the first one, too. Like, he... Or, Brandon Lee actually died on the set, playing Eric Draven. not fun trivia. No. (laughs) That's not fun at all, but... Yeah, he was... He was one of my favorite actors if he had done more. I mean, oh, for what sure. he had done, Rapid Fire, Showdown, Little Tokyo, Laser Mission, and The Crow is such a small discography, but 
not discography, filmography. And uh, but he could have done so much more. And it's just so sad to see people die that young when they have like so much ahead of them. So I know, and it was like one of the most influential movies of my childhood. I saw it when I was like in second grade. I was way too young for it, but I was so obsessed from the moment I watched it. I always did the makeup. Yeah, <laughs> that he had like. It totally influenced, you know, my taste in films. It made me and my friends argue who gets to be the crow every Halloween. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was even going to cut my hair one Halloween so I could have, like, the <laughs> <laughs> the hairstyle he had. It was, it's so good. It's always it's always on my watch list. Yeah, no we watch what. it a couple times a year for sure. Oh, yeah. My next pick is an extreme film. It's called Landmine Goes Click from 2015. It's kind of a weird plot. It's three friends, they go up hiking into the mountains, and one of them accidentally steps on a landmine, um, and it turns out that the dude that stepped on the landmine is actually fucking the chick, who's actually the girlfriend of the other person there. So it was kind of an intention for, the, for him to step on the landmine, and then that dude just bailed. He's like, fuck you guys, I'm out. Um, so the girl's just staying there with him while he's on the landmine. They're trying to figure out how to like get out of this. And a hiker comes along with his dog. And at first he says he's going to help them. But what he ends up doing is raping and assaulting the, the girlfriend while the dude's stuck on the landmine forced to watch. It's really messed up. Um, then I'm not going to tell you quite what happens the next little bit. But what I will tell you is there's revenge and like he basically i'm not gonna tell you who he gets revenge on either but basically yeah he fucks with the with the whole family even the children so it's pretty messed up um i think that was on tubi it's kind of hard to find but i would check it out it did really well in film festivals and then it just got no press once once it came out so check out landmine goes click so my next pick is The Invitation. It was released in 2015 and directed by Kyron Kasuma. And it has this, ugh, the main actor dude, I don't know his name, but he looks like an off-brand Tom Hardy. Like, so bad. But he's a really that. good actor. So it's about this guy who goes to this, like, very awkward dinner party that his ex-wife is having and... Pretty much, you know, there's a lot more to the dinner party. Like, all their old friends are there. He brings his new girlfriend. There's a lot to it. But um, while he's there, you know, he keeps having flashbacks of when him and his wife were together. Because they lost their son in, like, this really sad accident. So, Mm -hmm. they divorced. She tried to kill herself. And then she went on this retreat. And now they're having dinner because she's with a new guy. And it's uh, it's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot you're not saying on purpose because... Yeah, you. I, it's something you have to kind yeah, of go and Some of the things you said kind of allude to what happens, but really it, when it comes down to the ending, it's very apocalyptic, we, you could almost yeah, say. Yeah, so, for sure. It's yeah. really good, Things though. get really out of hand. Uh, where a dinner table uh, event could turn into apocalyptic... Just fill in the blanks on what could happen there. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, His wife did a really good job, though. Like, you know, kind of saying... Or, like, the way she's 
acting like, oh, uh, uh, this retreat changed my life. I'm doing so much better. And you could still tell she's not okay. Yeah. Still. You could tell she's kind of brainwashed. Still hurting a lot, too. Yeah. You could tell she was like, yeah, just covering up the the pain with with being brainwashed by a cult. Oh. (laughs) Oh, you fucker. (laughs) Um, So anyway, my next one is going to be Cemetery Man, which is more known as Del Morte Del Mor which is a 1994 horror film from Italy. It was, uh, I think it was also like Spanish and a couple other, it was like multi-international produced, but it's a movie about a dude that owns a cemetery and um, the, the dead keep coming back to life. So he just keeps putting them back down by shooting them. And at the same time, he's still trying to find love because he lost his wife or girlfriend and one of the people he buries reminds him a lot of of the one he loves so instead of putting her back to sleep he tries to you know get down with her <laughs> and uh yeah they, they got this assistant named nagi who's kind of like a hunchback type dude who's who's pretty cool too uh, it's it's a horror comedy kind of has like fantasy elements to it it's really weird but if you like movies like Peter Jackson's early work, but something a little bit on the higher budget side, uh, I would definitely check out Cemetery Man, a.k.a. Del Morte, Del Amor from 1994. It's kind of funny, too. Uh, my last pick is The Haunting of Hill House, which is a TV series and not a movie. It was released in 2018, and it's directed by Michael Flanagan, who has some bangers. Like, he did the sequel to the... Stephen King. Fuck, I'm an idiot. It? No. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, me. I don't like Michael Flanagan, honestly. Yeah, and that hurts my heart because <laughs> that's my fucking boy. He did Hush, which was uh, the one about the dude with the. He has a mask and he's stalking like a deaf girl. Doctor Sleep. That's what it's called. Doctor Sleep. That was pretty good, that actually. That was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of the other stuff that he's done, I, I just feel like his stuff is very subdued. It's very like kind of a lot of talking and slow and and serious i think this this tv series though is like one of the greatest looks of like grief and the family dynamic because they're all split up you know there's a tragedy when they were younger and in the first episode they lose their youngest sister and it's so beautiful and heart-wrenching and i've honestly i've rewatched this series like seven times like even after my brothers passed away after both of them passed away they passed away eight months of each other mm-hmm. it's just a it hits really close because, you know, there's, like, addiction struggles. There's um, broken family struggles. It's some of the best acting I've seen, too, dealing with, you know, really hard things that, you know, life happens. Yeah. Yeah, you've watched, you've, I can vouch for that. You've definitely watched it seven <laughs> or more times. It's very, very good. Like, yeah. from the first time I watched it when it came out, like, I was like, oh, my God. And it's, like, one of those things that, like, comforts you, but, like, puts you in this, like, weird headspace, too. But, it like, it's comforting. Also, very sad and depressing. Cool. But it's really good. I, I would totally recommend anyone watch it. Because it's, like, horror as well, too. Like, you get ghosts ghost stories but you also get your heart ripped out and stomped on my last pick is going to be Wes Craven's Deadly Friend which is a 1986 film about a kind of very nerdy teenager who uh, 
invents a robot who's like his best friend and he programs it pretty in depth so it's almost like smart and shit but uh his neighbor crush gets uh in an accident and she's brain dead so he puts the the fucking what do you call it memory card processor into her head and she goes on a rampage and kills a bunch of people in the neighborhood so it, it's good but it's also it is actually sad um because he's you know he's got this fucking crush or whatever that he, he wants to live i don't know it's just one of those movies where kind of like maggie where people are just hanging on to to people trying to keep them alive longer than they should when like okay man it's it's time to put them down but um yeah deadly friend it's pretty gory too uh considering like it almost feels like this like made for teenager like degrassi or something kind of thing but like I love yeah i think it was almost it might have been produced for tv i'm not i could be wrong but i know that like i think it went in for like reshoots or something like that and they added a bunch of gore so yeah that's that's a good movie i need to see it again it's been a while but yeah fucking deadly friend I guess I have a couple honorable mentions. Um, Go for it. Six Feet Under, which isn't horror, but mm. it's a very good drama series. And the last season is just like, ugh. Oh, it's heart-wrenching. It is. It's so good. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, WandaVision as well. I fucking love... I love Marvel. I love superhero movies. I fucking... I fuck with Marvel heavily. So when WandaVision came out, it really drew me in. So it was good. Oh, what else? Oh, Orphan, which is a. Uh, oh yeah, I was I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's also another like grief addiction kind of thing because the mom struggles with like alcoholism. Can relate. Another one would be the boy, which is about the the doll. The doll that the couple is having a babysitter look after, and then you find that it's not that it's, it's alive, yeah. but yeah. It's basically the replacement for their dead child. So, oh, yeah. oh that's oh, the one I was watching by um, M Night Shyamalan. Fuck, I don't remember what it's <laughs> called, but it has the chick from Six Feet Under in it, and pretty much oh, uh, help or not help uh, the maid. What is it? Oh, fuck, <laughs> servant, what? servant. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, um, the main character loses her baby, loses her mind, and think thinks her. Um, baby doll toy is her actual son that passed away so she mm-hmm. hires like a not a maid a nanny there we go a servant yeah and that's really really good too because there's a lot of paranormal stuff that I, goes with it i've walked in while you're watching it and it has some really good cinematography it really so does gotta, it's, it's a really good series yeah. i haven't watched the newest one but because i'm kind of like what else can you do they could have ended it with the first season mm. but it's, it's still really good but cool yeah. All right, well, uh, that's that's it for our grief episode. Maybe we'll come back with something a little happier next time. Yeah, or gorier. <laughs> or gorier. Yeah, depends. And it just lets it... Depends on if this little guy lets us. Because, yeah, I know uh, this one was a little bit of a shit show, but he's very mobile and it's yeah. kind of hard right now. Yeah, it's a little hard to record nowadays just because he's crawling now and and he wants attention. He's which very he- suicidal and tries to pull everything over on himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Mwah. Thank you.